Coming up, I know we talked about it last week, but we're talking about it again. Spider-Man Homecoming. This is spoilers, in-depth, all that. So if you haven't seen it yet, probably don't watch this episode of Dispod. Dispop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and joined today by my, I can't remember the name of the kid's friend in Spider-Man Homecoming, Craig Williams. Oh, thank you. Ahoy, ahoy. Um, Ned. Dang, I should have remembered that. <laughs> wow, this is going to be a really spoilery episode. Yeah. We're spoiling the names. Spoiler, <laughs> Spider-Man has a friend. Um, I do have fun stuff to talk about that I have learned since I did the... the I did the review last week, which was like my initial um, feelings and impressions. I did talk about one spoiler in it, and I am actually going to address that spoiler too because I've read something that has debunked it. So I'm super happy about that. Um, maybe, I don't know, but... Uh, so Craig also saw the movie as well. He saw it an hour after me, and and a, a couple of people asked if we would do a spoiler review of the movie. So I have since last week um, rewatched Spider-Man One and Two. I did not get the time to watch the third one. I know everyone's like, "Wow, why would you even waste the time?" But I, I when you watch your franchises, you got to watch them all the way through, even the good and the bad. Sometimes, you know, I don't watch Spider-Man Three as much as the other ones, but you know, I every now and then. I just like to see where it all went wrong. Oh, I agree with that. Um, and and, and I'll, see, I'll tell you right now. That that is part of where it went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I had to cut away from that. Sorry. The kids out there shouldn't be seeing that. Um, see, I did not rewatch the, uh, the, the Sam Raimi trilogy because I have not had enough time. But I did watch the, uh, the Chad Kroger Heroes music video well, in preparation. Yeah. So. yeah. And how did you feel about it? Um, well, they say a hero can save us. I'm I, not going to stand here and wait. I don't care what people like. I still enjoy that song. Like, it's one of those songs where you think, ugh, Nickelback. Ugh. And it's not really Nickelback because it's just Chad Kroger and the guy from Seether. But yeah, it's yeah. like, but like, it is one of those, like, as soon as it starts playing, I like, you know, it's one of those songs where you go to like change the dial because you've heard it a million times, almost like my heart will go on. But then you're like, no, let it play. You know, oh, I, I can confidently say I listened to it a lot when Spider-Man came out. Yeah. Now I'm just ashamed. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Spider-Man 2's credits started rolling, and I completely forgot about the dashboard confessional Vindicated <sighs> yeah. song. Yeah and, yeah. and so it played Vindicated. Then it played the Train song, which was also the other, which I actually think is a superior song to the movie. But yeah. And then Michael Buble's cover of the Spider-Man theme song, which Buble. I'm sorry, that song, his cover is probably my favorite cover of a Spider-Man song ever because I want get up and swing dance to it as i do with every single michael buble song doesn't you know um so well i i got the chance to say how i felt about it craig do you want to just take a second here and tell us how your overall thoughts you know just you liked it you hated it whatever oh i loved it so i'm sorry i was trying to think of a, a fun way to put it but i just flat out loved it um my expectations going in uh, were I, I, I want to say mixed because as I've uh, expressed before on this sh uh, on this show and other places, I'm not a huge uh, Team Iron Man fan. And so knowing on the like at the start that especially from Civil War, um, you know, Iron Man bringing in. 
Peter Parker, Spider-Man, to to join his side, and then knowing that Robert Downey Jr. was going to be making cameos throughout this movie, which I I wouldn't really call it cameos. He's a supporting actor that's just missing for bits and pieces and periods of time. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge, huge um, Iron Man fan, so this was kind of... Is kind of turning me off that it was gonna that he was gonna play such an important role in Spider Man's story. Uh, but that being said, kind of like you see in Avengers and um, and a couple instances throughout the Iron Man movies, Robert Downey Jr. was completely charming the entire time in the movie. Had oh, some yeah. of the best best lines, some of the best moments. Um, so I really can't fault it at that they. That the character of Iron Man in this movie was used in how I prefer it in small but precise doses. It was also like a return to character for him yes. because I, I, this is one of my complaints about like I do really enjoy Civil War, but the I've I've rewatched it again finally, and it's not as strong as it was the first time I saw it. It's still really good, and it balances a a uh, character piece incredibly well. However, the the story it's going is is a little yeah. bare at points, and I I don't like movies where it's over like a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. Yeah. And then in the end of that movie, um, Captain America's kind of a jerk because like he's protecting the guy that did murder this person's parents and he knew and just never told. And I get like, he tried to do the right thing and nobody's perfect. And that's the whole thing. But he's just so nonchalant about it that it, it annoys me because it really paints Tony Stark as the bad guy for most of the movie. Yeah. And, I, 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 what I love about the Iron Man character is that he is a guy who does feel uh, bad about the past. Yeah. That's why he, he changed his ways after being stuck in that prison camp. Um, and it, I don't know. This was kind of like it. It was not the Tony I like. I like the charming Tony, like you're yeah. talking about. You know? No, and that's I. Civil War was just so tense. Yeah. It was a very tense movie, um, and that's why for me, it while I think it has rewatchability, um, it's not something I go to right away because it is. It's not. I don't want to say uncomfortable, but that's kind of the feeling that you get through it. It didn't have. No, it's like mommy, daddy fighting. Yeah, it didn't have the like with Winter Soldier, also a very tense movie, but in that edge of your seat spy way. And then Civil War had that same mood going on, but you didn't. You didn't really feel good after yeah, watching yeah. it. Kind of the same way. Uh, you at least had a little bit of hope for the future with Winter Soldier. But I digress. So. That was why I was kind of looking down on Spider-Man because I didn't like that. Uh, Love Tom Holland, though, in Civil War. Mm -hmm. Thought he was one of the best bits and pieces, and I think he absolutely um, delivered in Homecoming. Uh, he was amazing from the start all the way through. Uh, just like I thought he was perfect casting way back in Civil War, I still think it's perfect casting. They just—he has the right, right amount of arrogance, but— also, he is slightly naive, and mm -hmm. I think that's that's a perfect balance um, that they didn't they haven't found with any of the other Spider Mans that we've had so far, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I thought he was just that that right choice for it. Uh, the entire cast was just pretty uh, pretty spot on. Um, you know, whether it's all the the high schoolers, the people that uh, he's best friends with, Zendaya. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the other casting, Michael Keaton 
extremely strong, mm-hmm. uh, still still riding that comeback, be, becoming a Birdman after starring in Birdman. As I didn't everyone. even think of that. I oh can't believe I didn't. It did not even occur to all me. All over the place. Oh He's my gosh. playing the character that was also in Birdman, essentially. That, yeah, that's it's funny. like the exact same yeah. thing. Um, and, you know, I while the plot wasn't anything like you need to to go to high school or college to figure it out it was a very easy going plot um nothing too difficult there but it just it was a lot of fun there was a ton of laughs uh a ton of great action sequences um and potentially one of the best last lines ever in any movie i've ever seen appreciate that a lot but um so sorry i was just i was i was pulling uh, a story up i had read um but oh uh some there's so okay so so you enjoyed it we know that yes. um and there's no there's no debate that it is a good movie that's not up for debate or anything like that um and my thing is i've said it's definitely in the top spider-man movies oh my gosh i left my cell phone on sorry about Boo. that um and uh it it does. It, what I really, really appreciate about the, uh, about this movie, and I, you know, set, after rewatching the Sam Raimi ones too, was that this those have a very distinct tone that is all their own, and I don't think that it's not Spider Man. I think that that tone is, for me, that's the Spider Man I grew up with, and I feel yeah. that more and more over time. Like that, I'm like, I feel that it established a unique tone that was all its own, and it created its own little universe. And that is great because that's how movies were. It's like you referenced the Tim Burton Batman. Like that yeah. that well, ideally that tone shifted dramatically. But that was the idea between the first one and the second one. It had created this kind of very distinct universe, very distinct architecture, you know, looks to it and stuff like that. You know, and Spider-Man was the first superhero movie that really had this mass appeal i remember friends my friend who doesn't even like movies that much like he's like doesn't like superhero movies at all he came to me one day and we were in high school and i remember he was like oh i saw spider-man and i was like you saw spider-man and he was like yeah i actually really enjoyed it too and it, it was it was that first movie that was just like just the right combination of like horror underdog funny and exciting you know it, it it had this like blend and then they the second movie uh, you know it really chose to put the superhero stuff on the not the superhero stuff but i mean like i don't know how to put, how to put it like peter parker's story was it, front and center yeah, where spider-man's was the back it became more of a, a character piece a character story than it did so much uh straight up superhero yeah story and i and i think that i think that was brave too you know i i I would say that that's the first one to do that you know to to really focus like on the consequences of the choices you make by being this person you know and that that's what the whole movie is about it's peter's down and out and just getting kicked in the the throat every time he's on the ground you know it's it's just it, it it it's really good. I, I have said this before. I think I like the first one just a little bit better just because the first one has, like, that lightning pace to it. There's no real slow part. But, like, I do love the second one, too. I just – I just either way, they're really good. But what I love about this one is that it feels so, at some points familiar um, – like and I'm going to I'm going to point those out in a second. But what it doesn't feel like when I saw Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, I felt like I was like, "Uh, when you rewatch it, I'm bored because I know yeah. what's going to happen to Uncle Ben. And I know that Peter's going to get bit by the spider. And I know and yeah, it happens slightly different and yeah, it's a little different. And uh, don't get me wrong, I like Andrew Garfield quite a bit. I think he's a good Spider-Man. And 
it, it was just one of those like the movie studio just did they felt like they had to do an origin story again you yeah. know and and this still was kind of an origin story even because he's not what i love about spider-man homecoming is he's not fully fledged spider-man no no you know he hasn't even been high enough like to the, he's on the washington monument at that part in the movie and he's like this is the highest i've ever been and then i started thinking about it later and i was like he really is only in queens for most of that movie yeah. like he is never really swinging from skyscrapers you know yeah no so uh, for me with the sam raimi movies um i i've had this discussion with you before so i'll put it out there now my issue with that trilogy of films is that i feel like um especially with the the first movie itself it tried to cast too many like serious actors um people who were definitely uh experts in their craft um uh, you know, with Tobey Maguire himself, he is a he's a serious actor. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, before that, he had been in uh, it was I you know Pleasantville, I would say was his big one, but he was in that one with Michael Caine, Cider House Rolls. Yeah, yeah, with Paul Rudd as well. Yeah, and so he was kind of known for not not anything really that you would find in the superhero realm. Um, and you know, that's obviously the norm now is that take good actors mm. and put them juxtapose them in a superhero role and see what happens. Uh, great things can happen. But back then that wasn't as much the case. James Franco is the weakest part of that series for me because he was at that phase in his career where, you know, he, he was great on freaks and geeks, but then he's going into movies and sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. And I think for those movies, he's mostly bad. Willem Dafoe, you know it's a character it's 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 the i think willem dafoe is a great actor but he is he is somebody that becomes like it's like uh it's a character actor i mean you watch him in platoon and you say oh my gosh this guy was going to have a ridiculously fantastic career and then you see him in boondock saints with his weird fetishes and yeah and then you wonder like Okay, this is the same actor, but he's very versatile. He can yeah. he can do almost anything, but um, and that's where it kind of hurts. It, it's all very serious to me now. Where Alfred Molina has come stretches uh, along the way in terms of uh, projects he's chosen, uh, roles that he's been in. When I saw Spider Man Two, I felt like he brought a lot of the campiness that spider-man needed something that really lacked in the first one it's interesting that you're saying so you you think that the doc ock character is more campy than the um than than the green goblin Goblin. yes because here's here's my take with spider-man as a whole yeah spider-man in terms of superheroes is kind of ridiculous well he's sassy and and, yeah and it almost like he acknowledges his own ridiculousness too you know but and that's the thing i don't get from the sam raimi trilogy it tries to take spider-man too seriously when i think you should rewatch it because when i was watching spider-man one and eli kept walking in and out of the room he'd walk in and be like this is ridiculous like he would laugh at it and he'd be like is this supposed to be serious and i was like well i was like it's it is it is it's like how I like the things I like about Guardians of the Galaxy or that it draws on that B-movie part of it. But it's like, I get that from Spider-Man, That's the too. thing, though. That's Sam Raimi humor. Yeah. And that is a very different style of humor than just what was accomplished in Homecoming. It's no, way, no, no. It's oh, two yeah, 100%, different types. 100% different type of humor, for yeah. sure. Because it's, it's, it's not just in... <sighs> 
it's not like sight gags, but it is like a little bit of it's awkwardness. It's like it's like uh, like in in Spider Man, Tobey Maguire, like Spider Man is like a loser. Like not, yeah. a, I don't want to say like a loser, but like you know, he's the stereotype of a loser. He's he's kind of awkward, and even when he's and I think that's the issue with the third one. To be honest with you, is that it, it tried to be like even when he's got confidence, he's still yeah. super awkward nerd. You know and I, I what I like about what I one of the things I love about Homecoming is how it takes Spider-Man and it, I really like that he was in that um, I don't know what the name of the school is when I, if they said the name of it it's a type of school yeah. that exists where it's like the accelerated learning and you know it's for all people that are going to sciences and stuff like that and I I thought that that was really cool because it was kind of like he's still not popular in this setting too yeah. you know what I mean and like Flash Thompson's still there and this kid's like a loser too but he's like a bully loser and you're, exactly you know a new type of loser. even but. even though he's one of the smartest kids and they all acknowledge him for it yeah he's still bullied where you would yeah. think that the smartest kid in this type of school in this type of environment would be like the right. cream Super of popular. the crop yeah, yeah exactly um yeah there's a Sorry, I, I I just remembered something, an article I had read that uh, summed up how I felt about the new Spider-Man really well. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's like what I said. It's very specific types of style. Like, I yeah. have a friend who she doesn't like them at all, and that's cool. And then I have other friends who, like, who love them, you know. And I, I think they're, they're good movies. They're distinctly their own movie. Um, yeah, the third one's not great. Um I don't really think there's much to speak about with the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah. Really, like unfortunately, no. I'm not I'm not trying to. No, be yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, and I'll be honest here. I think in uh, in a few years' time down the road, uh, we'll look back at Michael Keaton in Homecoming, oh, yeah. and we will we won't be as impressed with his performance a little bit down the road. Um, it was great, but I think the only thing we're going to really remember it for is when it just completely it takes um when um when Peter Parker shows up at the door to pick up uh his date oh, for homecoming gosh, yeah. and you find out oh. that that's when uh, that's, Michael that's, Keaton's yeah. the father. God, the gas the <gasps> that I made in yeah. that movie theater. And, just like <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's what I think you'll remember it for is that it was it took all of us by surprise. I know there's probably a lot of people out there who completely saw it coming. Um, and you know what? Good for you. Uh, sometimes I can start a movie and plot out what's going to happen from the, the very first moment. But I, I did not see that coming at all. It just it took me by surprise that Liz was his daughter. And, yeah. you know, that's why I think it left such an impact because uh, for the for a lot of the movie i was just kind of sitting there like when is when is michael keaton going to like break out and you're like truly yeah afraid of him as a villain let me so let me ask you this because i got this vibe during the movie too at one point um this movie played almost like daredevil and not like not in a i don't mean aesthetically or yeah. or tonal wise or anything like that but it felt like that that you, Daredevil feels like its own little contained thing, but it feels connected to the. Yeah. I would say Spider Man's more connected to the universe. But there was even a moment where I was like, "Man, it would, this would be perfect if Daredevil showed up in this movie," because it felt like it. It had that same feel of the Netflix shows. Like it felt like 
you know, it, it's a part of the, a part of the. I'd say more successfully a part of the MCU than yeah. the Netflix shows. However, it did still have that feel of its 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 own little problem in its own little section of the world. Yeah, you know, and it, it, the I think the fact that the villain. It's it's a family man. Yeah, is also a, a, you know a testament to that. I was reading somewhere too that like his journey in the movie is supposed to mirror or parallel Peter's journey as well. Um, but I'm not sure that I quite understand. I don't. Nah, I don't I... see that like standing out to me. But so um, this guy Garth Franklin who runs um, Dark Horizons is which is a website I read. I think it's he's Australian or something. But um, uh, he wrote about because he did a ranking like we did, and he did. Um, he said Spider-Man: Homecoming, the second or equal best of the Spider-Man films overall. John Watts' Spider-Man: Homecoming works in ways so many other MCU films fail at. Um, and bar maybe Loki, the villain is easily the most grounded and interesting of the MCU to date, with stellar underplayed work by Michael Keaton, and also the smaller focus, which failed so badly in Ant-Man, works far better here for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'd say that Ant-Man failed for me. So I don't know that I agree with that. But I yeah. I would say this is a more successful version of that contained story for yeah. sure. I mean, I didn't like Ant-Man when it first came out. And I've watched it a couple times since. And I've I've appreciated it more and more each time. It, it's one of those, like, it, it feels okay to me. Yeah. Like, it could have been way worse because of everything that happened. So it was one of those where I'm like, I don't hate it. And I'm not, like, in, I didn't run out and buy it, you know? Yeah. Um, Tom Holland proves the most likable Spider-Man. I don't know about that, but supporting characters are solid if caricatures is what he said, and the overall tone is great, upbeat, sweet, and breezy. If there is a fault, it's perhaps the lack of ambition. Um, it's good formula, but still familiar and still trapped in the genre to some extent. The plot is threadbare, and there's nothing in here that's really cinematic, which makes it feel lightweight. Um, but he says, nice job all around from everybody. I, I The part I would agree with the most here is that, like, and maybe this is why I felt that Netflix thing was like, when I said in my first reviewing of it, and I, since then I have gone back, watched the Raimi ones, one of the greatest testaments I can make to those movies is that they felt like we were watching Spider-Man swing through a city. You know, like, they're, the the amount of practical effects that are employed in those movies, and I think maybe that's even where it went wrong by the third one, is that we, we were getting into that area where we were like, all right, the digital body is really coming along. We can really just start substituting a character, you know, a a digital creation here instead of a human being and sam raimi like even through the the spider-man 2 those tentacles are there for a lot of the movie yeah. you know and i feel like if that movie is made nowadays that would never happen you know and you know and and maybe it doesn't need to happen anymore because we've come that far but i don't know there was just something about like being able to like see the spider-man but also like we still we got to swing through the city with spider-man and, and i will make the argument yes he's not really in a city to swing with him yet yeah. but there are a lot of very distinct cin- cinematography choices in those movies that really make it stand out. Yeah, and uh, I, I do agree with that. It is, but uh, and that's more or less what you think of when you think of Spider-Man. I do think of swinging through the city. Um, yeah, the end scene. But yeah. but that being said, um, I also appreciated this take on it where instead of doing the straight up origin story of how he came Mm -hmm. to be and going through there instead it it showed a kid who was you know he had these powers yeah essentially got got bit yeah got these powers but then to truly harness them he he has to learn and add on the 
the suit that Iron Man made for him, um, you know, all that together, he's learning. So it still well, is a coming of yeah. age. A, and he's not done yet, story. too, which no, I no, really no, enjoy. No. And and I will agree with you. This is definitely the most successful in making me feel like this was a teenager yes. who has been given. This was the most successful of showing that he's got to learn that great power, great responsibility. Exactly. For and sure. that's why I, I know that Swinging Through Cities will come He's not there as a character yet. Mm-hmm. That's not where it is. Whereas Toby Maguire, yeah, he has that learning curve where he has to start figuring it out. He's he's given well, this new power all of a sudden has to And then he to, messes to, it up. Yeah, that's the part does. that yeah. I that I it's just those movies are so heartbreaking to me. Is that's the thing is that you really I really do feel cuz like you know when he tries to tell Aunt May in the second one about what happened, and like you know he lets the guy get away. That's classic Spider-Man, though. Spider-Man at the wrestling match. Spider-Man, I think, and and I, and I am not asking for that again. Yeah, I'm not asking for another Sam Ray Spider-Man ever again. You know what I mean? I, yes, I would have loved to have seen that story be finished, but I am embracing this Spider-Man wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, because like I said before, I, I like the embracement of where we are at te- technologically wise. I like that it fits him so well with the MCU. I like so much that it's doing. There, you know, there is a lot of consequence in this movie, though. Too um, the when oh yeah, he's, yeah, yeah when he's breaking up the Avengers as they're robbing the bank and um, it shoots the guy's yeah, store across the exactly street, yeah. and uh, hits the hits the deli and the consequence of dealing with okay, I screwed up and almost got this person that I visit every day killed. Um, and then going further, it, the scene with uh, the Washington Monument and almost killing essentially killing his friends yeah i thought the washington um, monument scene was really really good i really enjoyed that scene. oh I, I liked a lot of that stuff like when he's swinging through the neighborhoods and he falls down you know like yeah i, I like that he goes to start shooting the web and there's nowhere for the web to catch so he just has to start running like it, it for me it started to it did the great thing of knowing what's been addressed in other movies yeah. and being like, well, we don't have to do it again. People know this, but we, and even explaining his powers with Ned asking him all the questions. Yeah. Like I thought that was, that was awesome. You know? Yeah. For me, that was the Washington monument sequence was actually one of the standout sequences. Um, yeah. I'd in say the so. entire it was movie, it was very stressful. It was very, very riveting. Um, there, there was just flat out, a lot of questions of what's going to happen. I think it was actually a better sequence than the the ending one. Um, than the one on with, the harbor in the bay or whatever with the yeah plane. with the the plane going down and uh, vulture being foiled and all that. I I think Washington Monument was more edge of your seat than that moment. Uh, yeah, I agree because you're like, is it going to get through the glass? How's it going to know how the suit? Oh, so I do have some some fun things to talk about too, um, because that reminds me about the voice in the suit. Um, did you know that the voice in the suit is Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. yeah, and do you know that she's married to Paul Bettany in real life, who, if you're not familiar, Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis in Iron Man suit before he became Vision. And I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did know that they were married, and I didn't know that that was Jennifer Connelly. Actually, not not even just like looking it up or anything. I, I love Jennifer Connelly. You could hear her voice. Is, you heard yeah, it, yeah. Um, you know, it's starting with the labyrinth going well, was, all the way through. I, I know you love I Requiem love, for a Dream. Yeah. And I, I love Requiem for a Dream. Um, don't like her twist in the movie, but <laughs> I, I love her Nobody in really the movie. Nobody really ends up in a good um, place. <laughs> Rocketeer. Like, she has done so many great things. Blood Diamond. Shut up. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah, that was accent, the movie that so got good. me to like Leo again. And so weird. Like, but I remember being like, seeing the preview of that movie and being like, I'm not watching this stupid movie. Why is he talking like that? Yeah. Like, you blood demon. No, um, I, I, I really enjoyed, though, that they got her to do the voice of Karen. 
Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, and 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 really, there was no moment where I was like, "Oh, another Iron Man suit" or anything like that. Like, I think I really enjoyed. I, I see. I those differences work so well here. They they played up the Spider Man web fluid yeah. just the right amount. I, I the the Ned friend. I loved his friend Ned. I hope he sticks around for yeah. many of the movies. I love that he got to be the guy in the chair. Um. So Craig talked about one of the big reveals, which was the Liz reveal, and that had the <gasps> moment. Yeah. And then the other one that they tried to do that I did not feel like was as successful was when Zendaya at the end of the movie they say her name during the Washington Monument scene. Yeah. So that's more than halfway through the movie it takes for them to actually say this girl's name out loud and then you're like michelle like so you're like oh they whispered it like so it turns out she's not mary jane at all like her nickname mj was just a stupid like um it's just the nickname kind of it's just kind of a a throw a nod to mary jane and i was like we can't really nod to mary jane like so uh kevin uh um he says that zendaya is playing michelle and only michelle his quote is that um well we never even looked at it as a big reveal necessarily but more of just a fun homage to his past adventures and his past love she's not mary jane watson she was never mary jane watson she was always this new high school character michelle who uh who who we know there's an M and Michelle and M and Mary. And then he laughs like an idiot. Um, so, um, so we're so clever and we thought, wouldn't it be neat if the initials were MJ and I think it leaked and that she'd be playing MJ and blah, blah, blah. So he says, um, is she going to date Peter Parker? Are they going to fall in love? She seems to be intrigued with him. There's a nice chemistry there, but who knows what will happen in the future films. And then Amy Pascal also said she is not going to end as Mary Jane Watson. I would actually like seeing her become a hero. I don't know in what element, but I, I, I I wish that they could find a way to if, to, maybe to like, make her come together with Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, some some sort of like uh, even you know, there's like the black. I know she's not the black cat or anything like that, but yeah. like one of these. Char- I thought that girl was a standout actress in this film for sure. Oh yeah, no, her uh, she was very witty throughout. That's what a lot of the humor was. It was very very witty, very very subtle humor uh she did a great job at that donald glover and his role in it oh yes and so not a significant role at all but his his style of humor his wit just it played off so well well i want to talk about just a couple of the quick big easter eggs and then we'll kind of start wrapping this up but um is that um you know there is that theory out there was that theory that uh that Peter Parker is the little kid with the iron mask and iron man yeah. too. And then he's saying that it is, I don't know where that officially lies. He says it's official, but I don't know. It's fine. If it is, I, I don't I, care. I don't mind. It has no stuff. impact on the entire series. It's supposed to be like how, where he like loves him coming from, but whatever, regardless, regardless. Um, uh, so there were some cameos by Howard Stark, by, uh, Dr. Um, Erskine from, uh, uh, what is this movie? Stanley Tucci's character. Uh, Captain America. Yeah, they were all like put up there, like Einstein uh, heads on the in one of the classrooms, along oh. with Bruce Banner was there too. Oh, if you I look really close that. above the thing, that's that's cool. Um, uh, so I guess there. I guess um, I read too that a lot of the characters that are the high school friends are also become heroes or villains. Yeah. at some point, like I know Flash Thompson is always his like bully or whatever, but. Um, uh gosh the betty brant we all saw that um so the teacher is in the incredible hulk the teacher is one of the computer guys in in the incredible in the um the yeah in the mcu incredible hulk yeah martin star 
Is that his name? Yeah. That is his name. I thought he was Gosh, great. Don't you watch Silicon Valley? No, not yet. Don't you watch I, I Freaks know. and Geeks? No, I know. Don't I you know. watch anything? So they were saying, like, he doesn't say, they don't say his name in the Hulk movie. So they were saying, like, they might, uh, if they were just, like, it, I guess in the novelization of the movie, it says yeah. his name, but I don't consider that. I, here's the thing for me. Um, and if the character was just a side bit, was it didn't have a name, just you know, behind a computer or something like that, and then has an actual speaking role with a name and title and all that. Two different characters, unless they go out and say it's the exact same one. I, I just, I, uh, you know, it, it's a very loose connection. Sometimes it's what happens with any long running TV series, too. Uh, Doctor Who. How many times was Peter Capaldi in Doctor Who and Torchwood before yeah. he became <laughs> right, yeah. the Doctor? Well, they so. do reference that. They actually say that he's seen the face before, and that's why he became the face. I don't know. I don't know if you've watched any of Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who. I'm but. still in the first round, so okay. they make it it's so it's hard the, watching it on Amazon. Season. I know. I know. Um, okay, so we all know that there were the, the other Spider-Man villains, and there's the Shocker. Yeah. This is going to bring me back around to um, the Childish Gambino yeah. there. Um, but uh, so the Shocker had those two ca- the two gauntlets. Um, those are actually, and the reason why, well. In the comic books, he's got two. In the movie, yeah. he only has one. And there was a question, like, why does he have one? And, and this gauntlet reminds me of the thing from Crossbones thing that he punches Captain America mm-hmm. with in Civil War. Mm-hmm. It's because it is. Oh. It's the same thing. It was because they mention apparently really, like, uh, at one point that it's the uh, – it's you know, so this is this crew yeah. goes in and salvages that the alien tech, whatever. They went to Lagos or wherever the, it was in the in the in Civil War, and they got this from there. And the reason why there's only one is because if you remember, Captain America rips the other one off in the yeah. movie, and 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 uh, it's like hits the wall or something like that. So um, Steve reacts because he's retching the villain's arm and stripping it of the gauntlet, taking one look and he tosses it to the ground, um, where it sat until Tomb's men found it. So the other one blew up with. With crossbones. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's, I thought that was like a fun little, a cool thing. But, okay, so this is the reason why, um, oh my God, what's his name? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. I'm so sorry. Um, I love Donald Glover, but uh, he's important. His character is actually a character called the Prowler. So he does become like a character and that's like, we might see it, we might not see it, but that's why he references climbing. He's really interested in the climbing gear. Um, But fun little fact, he is in fact Miles Morales's uncle because he says, I got a nephew out in the city. Do you remember that line when he's like, where Spider-Man's trying to get him to help him and he's like, and he's like, you know, these these will be on the street and then he's like, I've got a nephew on the street. Yeah, so, exactly. So then, that was their way of acknowledging uh, okay. Miles Morales. Like, and if you don't know who Miles Morales is, he's the second Spider-Man. See, like I was, I, the nephew line, I do remember it now. But then the next part that happens, uh, well, you know, Spider-Man traps him by slinging his hands to the back of the trunk, and he's he's explaining all that. Oh yeah. But then he has the killer line about. Man, can you cut me loose? And like, it'll be two hours. Yeah, it'll, it'll dissolve do- in two it's like, hours. I got ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I got, I did, that was one of my favorite. Like, man, come on, I got ice cream in here. I got ice cream <laughs> <Yeah>. in here. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so he said the Karen thing. Um, there were some references to the other Spider-Man films, which are nice. The the um, when the when Flash is driving that girl to the prom, and he mentions about like sending his dinner back. He specifically re- references Branzino, yeah, which is the fish and from from uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. And then there was a reference to the the kisser, Peter. Yeah, kisser. I yeah. loved when Karen was like, "Tell her how you feel, Peter," yeah. and just started talking in her face. But um, 
other references. Okay, so the guy in prison at the end, he was also on the ferry boat, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and that's where his eye gets messed up. He is the scorpion. Oh, okay. Um, I, I guess you could tell from like a tattoo on his neck or something like that. I didn't. I don't watch Better Call Saul, so I didn't know he was from Better Call Saul. I guess, but um, but he he apparently that's yeah that's his thing. Um, and then uh, I've heard that it's that. The vulture will not come out of prison and like hunt down. Like when they, he's not going to reveal who Spider Man is. Yeah, that scene was supposed to be a moment of redemption. Oh, that's how I took it. Yeah. Okay, because that's what I, I, I yeah. thought. It, I, some people were confused. I think, but I'm pretty sure it was in a reference to the reason why he didn't kill Peter in the car either, because he was like, "You saved my daughter." Exactly. And I don't forget. Yeah, how you I do don't. Family, you know, I, I didn't feel that way. Okay, uh, I, I, I had read online there were some things, but um. Uh, but yeah, so, um, oh God, there was one last thing. It was, I, I just lost it. It was thing. Oh, so, um, Aunt May finding out at the very end. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Literally as, you know, spoilers as this entire thing has been, um, Peter gets his suit back after, um, after, uh, Tony Stark takes it away because he's not responsible. Peter redeems himself and then has the chance to join the Avengers. And that's when you get your Pepper Potts cameo, uh, which was awesome. So amazing. Oh, my God. And that was my other. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and no. I loved it. He had the ring in the pocket. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh. Also, okay, spoiler alert, too. But uh, she's been spotted on set of the Avengers. I was not that's, incorrect about hearing that. So that I'm makes like, me happy. Yes, like... No, I I love, love Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and so, yeah, that... It, Obviously, he turns down becoming uh, a, a full official member of the Avengers, but he still gets his suit back to deal with what he was doing in in Queens. Oh, I thought he was going to get that cool suit at and the end too. I, I know like, that would have been so amazing. But then, as he's he's putting on the suit in his room, takes the yeah takes the mask off, and that just the reveal sequence where Aunt May goes into focus and yeah, like, what, what the, the and it just cuts oh, off on the F. Like, so. Such a perfect end. The only thing I loved just as much as that moment in throughout the movie was uh, Captain America's little PSAs like his, that he did for oh my all God, the when skulls. he starts talking about puberty. Yeah, and he's like, "You, you might be noticed your body is changing." Like, I liked the one at the end that was kind of like metaphysical. Don't I know where about he's just that? Like, Patience. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. Like, <laughs> like, like, it was just a really cool thing. But um, we, I just wanted to have this extra discussion about it today because Spider Man right now is essentially the gateway into what will be the Marvel movies going forward. Yes. Like Avengers: The Infinity War is like the end of this twenty-two movie arc. Can you believe that twenty-two yeah, that's movies? A lot. Um, and Spider Man is going to be the one that opens the door to the next the next version of the MCU. And if that's the case. I think we're we are. I think they have perfected what they're doing, and we are in for a treat. Yeah, no, I I think they are working this nice balance right now between the characters you love and want to see, introducing new exciting characters. Like I'm super pumped for uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh like, yeah, I, I, Evangeline I, Lilly is the Wasp. I, I can't. Wait I for think that, that um, I think that Paul Rudd's character development has come a long way. Yeah, and uh, you know since his movie that. It is now like something to look forward to, genuinely. So um, I could not be more more excited for that. I, I think they're doing everything right right now. I want more of these. How Spider Man Homecoming had Iron Man involved in it. Yeah. I think this is the way to do it. Like you, you have one or two popping up here and there because that's how it is, you know. Yeah. And if they can keep doing it that way, that feels really good, you know. Uh, so Thor was the next one to kind of do that. So yeah. we're gonna see how that 
that plays out. But I do want to say that the uh, the Aunt May Peter thing is going to make for a really interesting Spider-Man yeah. too, because it they said like that's the reason why they revealed it is they wanted to kind of just like move it out of the way. And there is a version of the comic where she finds out, um, or she like start dies and she says as she's dying she she knew she all knew. along or something. But um, so and and even in the Raimi ones, you got the impression that after the second one she yeah. had figured it out, yeah. but they never got the chance to really address it. But so I think we are. We are in for a treat when it comes to these next ones. John Francis Daly helped write this movie, too. Hmm. Sweets from Bones. I know that you hate that that's what I referenced him as because he's really from, like, Freaks and Geeks. Right? Yes. Do you know who John Francis Daly is? I want to say I do. Horrible bosses? Is it the... Listen, you didn't know Donald Glover's name. Right there, John Francis Daly. Oh, yeah, um... Uh, Freaks and Geeks, right? Yeah, he's like the—he's really, really young on Freaks and Geeks, right? Yeah, but he writes a lot of a lot of movies. And I think he did a really good, really good coming of age story. This was a really nice that John Hughes movie is this. I know the Power Ranger movie is essentially the same idea. It's the Breakfast Club, yeah. And I think this was kind of like that. I, I I like I like that type of thing. So Spider Man did it very well, and I am looking forward to more of that. So oh my gosh, he's so keep grown it up now. I know, isn't it weird? Yeah. It's so hard. It's like we feel like parents, even though he's like two years older than yeah. us. <laughs> um, but but uh, thank you, Craig, for having this discussion. I hope everyone is satisfied. It feels better to have this more in-depth uh, in depth thing. I will say after watching like the Spider-Man movies too, I think that's like, I think I want to be Spider-Man for Halloween. Okay, well, let's cue us out with uh, Heroes. In this yeah, that's the only thing this movie's missing for me. No, uh, no, no more Nickelback. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think they're busy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. They ain't busy. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that'll do it. And then, uh, so I guess that's it. Thanks. We'll we'll see you in the next episode of Dispop. <laughs>